Hey everyone, it's Lacey Skulls from VH1's Rock of Love. And this is Talk of Love, the new podcast. This isn't just reality, this is real life. Hey everyone, it's Lacey motherfucking Skulls. And this is Talk of Love, episode 41. So I'm really excited because I've got Taylor Made coming up. You guys know him as the winner of I Love New York season two. And he was also on I Love Money season two. So he'll be up in a few minutes. I'm also really excited because I recently had lunch with and was finally able to reconnect with Cocktail, who you guys know from For the Love of Ray J. And she was also on Bad Girls Club, which I actually didn't even know that until recently. But more importantly, she was on my season of I Love Money season three, the season that did not air. And, you know, Cocktail and I, we were we were not super close on that show. We We were cool with each other. We didn't have like any beef or anything like that. But she was just friends with Cashmere, also from For the Love of Ray J. And, um, and you know, I had my girls Delicious and, and Shay, a.k.a. Bucky. So we were kind of like in two different cliques in the house. And as I said, like we were cool, but we just didn't really um, spend a lot of time with each other. And, you know, as you guys know, it's a competitive show. So you're kind of in a little bit of a different mindset, or at least I was anyway. Um, but anyway, I just recently found out that Cocktail lives here in Las Vegas, which is where I live. So I reached out to her and we got together. I haven't seen her literally in, in 10, 11 years. And we just completely hit it off. Like I love that girl so much. She has such a great personality. She's so sweet. She's doing awesome in life. But what's, what's great is that because she made it really far on I Love Money, she and I were both talking about how, um, you know, I, I made it all the way to sixth place. She made it, I think, to third or second place. Uh, but it's just crazy because I think third place but anyway, she'll clarify that. Uh, but, you know, she, because it was so long ago and because that whole situation was sort of overshadowed by the Ryan Jenkins situation, um, it, it's hard for us to remember that long ago. We, and we also never got to like watch it back. So she and I were just kind of bouncing back and forth. Like, remember when this happened? Like, oh yeah, remember when that happened? Oh yeah. So it was great to have her like in, in front of me in, in the flesh so we could really kind of go back and like re-remember all that stuff that happened and, and also just catch up, you know, in life. She's doing really great. She looks fantastic. Um, so with that said, I'm going to be bringing her into the studio here. Next Monday, she'll be here. And uh, we're going to talk all about I Love Money 3 and just catch up with everything. So I'm really excited for next week. It's going to be great. So um, another thing I want to share with you guys, especially specifically you Rock of Love fans, um, I'm not really a big Reddit person, but recently. I was uh, just doing some online Googling. I can't remember what I was searching for, but I was searching for something Rock of Love related. And this, um, this uh, Reddit page came up. And specifically, there's a group for Rock of Love fans. It's like a whole Rock of Love community. So if you go to Reddit, just download the app um, and then do a search for Rock of Love, you'll find this community. And I just, I want to give them a shout out because they ask really great questions in there and they have really great discussions. And one thing that um, is really cool that happened as I was just going through and reading all their all their posts, apparently somebody who, um, she goes by, I'm not saying she, I don't really actually know, 495 Productions slash 51 Minds. Uh, 495 Productions is a different production company. Um, 51 Minds, as you guys probably know by now, is the production company that did Rock of Love, Flavor of Love, I Love New York, all of that. So this person whose handle is 495 Productions slash 51 Minds, um, claims that they were one of the producers on Rock of Love. I don't know who this is. I don't know which producer this is. I do believe them that they were actually a 
producer just based on how they answer the questions. They basically went on and said like, hey, I'm an open book. Ask me whatever questions you want to ask me and I will answer them in in detail. And the answer, the questions were great questions by the people in this community. And um, the, the, um, the, the, the answers that this producer gave were like just really eye-opening, even for me, um, because they're giving a whole different perspective. So I'm just going to give you guys one example. Um, so somebody within the community, um, Jessica Cleo, specifically asks, uh, what is something we wouldn't know, but that you would love to share about working on these shows? So the producer says, um, about working on the shows, I loved every moment of it. It was amazing meeting my coworkers, the celebrities, the castmates, the contestants, the crew of VH1 and MTV. I am incredibly thankful thankful for the experience. About the shows, the contestants and the castmates were really put through it during the shows. They were deprived of all outside sources, forced to share small limited quadrants, only allowed uh, so much free time, were forced to stay up late and had to wake up early in the morning to do challenges. It was madness for them. This is why these shows are so intense. These people were put under harsh environments that would exploit them in the most quote-unquote entertaining way possible. However, they knew what they were signing up for. Well, most of us did. <laughs> I think like Sam and a couple of others, like I, did, I knew I was signing up for something. I didn't know it was going to be this hardcore. Uh, so they knew what they were signing up for. Uh, when they say they had a giant contract, this is what this was all introduced between the lines. That's true. Regardless, these factors attribute to the endless amounts of entertainment provided to viewers like you guys. So I thought that was a really great, great answer, but they, they actually ask, um, that was kind of like the more of the, uh, the tame questions. They, they ask a lot of questions about myself, about Heather, about my dad, about you know, Christy Joe and, and a lot of the other uh, contestants from these shows. And she really, I'm, I'm assuming she really spills the tea and so um, if you're a fan of Rock of Love and you really want to see more of like the, the dirt, more of the tea, definitely go check that out on Reddit. And I, I, as I said, I want to give a shout out to whoever it is that started that Rock of Love community on Reddit. It's, it's a really cool community. So definitely go check that out. So uh, anyway, uh, let's get into the show. Uh, as I said, we've got TaylorMade on next. Um, real quick. Oh, sorry. As I say, let's get into the show. Let me ask you guys one more favor. If you wouldn't mind, if you haven't done so already, please hit the subscribe button on YouTube if you want to show your support. Uh, now, without further ado, please welcome George. You guys know him as Taylor Made. Hey, Taylor Made, it's so nice to meet you. How are you? I'm good. Thanks, Lacey. Uh, pleasure to meet you. Uh, you know, I've, uh, yeah, it's just be interesting. I, 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 had, I, I did have a chance to catch one of your... Uh, podcasts and uh yeah it's, i really think it's a great thing uh what you're doing thank you so much i really appreciate it i gotta say i was a big fan of yours i know a lot of people who watch this podcast are a really big fan of yours too so I, I i know we've been going back and forth a little bit through instagram i finally i'm glad we finally worked it out that you can come on so thank you so much yeah no my, my pleasure and, and you know like again I, I really appreciate uh you know you said there are a lot of questions from the fans uh and uh, yeah that's the main reason i'm happy to you know participate Awesome. I love it. So, well, let's get started. I, I have so many things I want to ask you. I know the fans have a ton of questions that I'm going to include as well. And uh, so one thing I would like to know, take me through how this whole adventure began for you. So like where, what were you doing with your life before these shows and how did you end up in reality TV? Yeah, I mean, so that was going back to uh, 2007. And uh, at the time I was, you know, working for, for Calvin Klein. I was 
Uh, and I remember I was like, you know, under a lot of stress with, you know, budget meetings and, and, uh, and I, I had, you know, seen, you know, the show and I, I thought it was, you know, kind of pretty, pretty interesting, uh, the whole dynamic. And then, uh, I heard about, uh, you know, a casting and I said, you know, this is nothing I ever tried before. I had never been an actor. I had never, you know, like, uh, you know, done a lot of things, you know, like in front of the camera, but I just said, oh, this, this could be, uh, interesting so it was a sunday and i went to uh a casting and back then and i'm not familiar with you are with uh new york city but back then like over in, in chelsea that's where all like the nightclubs were on like 27th like near like you know, between 11th and 12th so they had the casting at um which was then called uh guest house and uh it was in the day uh you know and, and uh yeah so I went there and uh you know it's, it's just kind of it's just myself and you know but try to you know uh, you know, be a little bit, uh, use a little bit of hyperbole and, and try to, you know, make it, make it interesting. But, uh, yeah. And then from there, they, they pulled me back and, you know, obviously there's some, you know, background tests, blood tests, you know, those things that we all kind of went through in that process. And then, yeah, then they said, Oh, Hey, um, you know, we'd like you to come out. And, uh, you know, it was, it was interesting because I mean, I was, you know, I had a, had a you know, I had a good career and, um, you know, I basically, you know, ask for a leave of absence, but understandably so, you know, my employer at the time was not really, uh, you know, ready to give me a, a, a leave of absence for a reality show. It's not, you know, not, not really a, a, right. you know, really a, big, a pressing thing. So, so I, I wound up having to, uh, you know, basically, you know, leave and resign. And, um, oh, you, you had know, to resign? Yeah, I resigned. Well, yeah. So, I mean, it was just, you know, I think it was just kind of at like a crossroads. I wanted to do something different. And for some reason, this just drew me. And, cool. um, what were you doing yeah, for Calvin Klein? Uh, yeah, actually, I used to do like financial planning, uh, and uh, yeah, there's a lot of uh, looking at spreadsheets all day. I don't know if you ever seen the movie like Office Space. Uh, yes, um, yeah, you know, <laughs> you know, a lot of like that asking for the uh, was TRP reports or whatever it used to be. You know, like uh, I don't know, I don't know. See, I'm a little older, but that movie is like a cult. Uh, uh, you know, from anyone's like you know, kind of came of age in the '90s, early 2000s. It's, it's kind of a movie that really. Uh, personifies what office you know life used to be like. Uh, now companies are a lot more progressive and, and really thinking about life work balance and you know uh, kind of you know really making you know the workplace kind of more about like, community and stuff like that. And, and you know and, and not to and actually at the time that was John uh, was pretty good, but but it just I just just needed something different and, and crunching numbers all day just wasn't really uh, <laughs> what I was you know cut out to do. That is like a crazy transition from like crunching numbers at Calvin Klein to mm-hmm. I love New York. So did you, did you see the advertisement like online somewhere before you? Yeah, uh, actually, you know, it's funny. I was reading, you know, uh, the New York Post, which I'm not a big fan of the New York Post because, uh, you know, Rupert Murdoch, uh, you know, they, they always seem to have these conservative editorials that are, you know, uh, they're a little right wing, but, um, but they're good for the, you know, page six and the gossip. And uh, anyway, <laughs> I was just kind of, Back then, I was actually looking through a hard copy of, of the newspaper, so it's how long ago that was. And uh, yeah, and I just saw the, I just read the article about the, the casting, and I said, "Oh, this could be interesting." And, wow! And it really, it really is the first time I really did anything like that. Maybe like one other time, I think like five years ago, I looked at you know five years prior to that, I looked at something uh, that was in reality, but nothing, nothing like a reality dating show or anything. Like that wow, that's amazing. So. You said that you had seen the show. So, did you see specifically like Flavor of Love, and did you see I Love New York? Yeah, I, yeah, I remember. I mean, you know, now I'm I'm one of those. You know, uh, you know, I know it always sounds elitist. People say, "Oh, I don't watch TV," but but, no, but back then, I, I will be guilty of. I'll be totally admit I watched uh, you know the Surreal Life, 
uh, I yeah. watched, um, which which evolved into uh, you know like a strange love flavor book. I love New York. So I, I had seen all those shows. And surreal and, uh, life was great. I loved yeah. surreal life. Yeah, it was very interesting. Like you know, like from a you know sociological point of view, or just from a guilty pleasure, just wanting to kind of like you know escape. I don't. I mean, now I'm not. I haven't. To be honest, I have not watched you know a reality show in many years. I don't know if it's. One, because maybe being jaded and, and, and having been on, you know, reality television, kind of knowing, you know, how, you know, things are coached and whatnot. But I, but I think it's also that I think one thing that, that's changed a lot is television has gotten a lot better in quality, meaning scripted television, uh, whereas because of uh, all the money that, you know, uh, Netflix and the streaming services put into content, like, whereas I think in the early 2000s, they, you know, there really was an opportunity for reality TV because, there wasn't a lot that, that, that much scripted television on. So, um, but uh, yeah, so, but yes. Yeah, so. That makes sense. Well, that's awesome. So when you got chosen uh, <clears throat> and you first like got into the house, like day one, did you, did you feel like kind of um, a fish out of water? Cause it was like, it was such a diverse cast and group of people. And I feel like the producers probably chose you specifically because you are, yeah so uniquely yourself and because you are like a numbers cruncher kind of guy and you're a, a, a political kind of guy. And so did you feel like you didn't fit in or did you feel yeah. like, okay, these are, this is, these are cool people. I'm going to make this work. Well, well, it's interesting. I mean, I, I definitely was kind of, uh, you know, an outlier, uh, in that, you know, I came up, you know, I, I still like to dress up back then. I was, was really into, you know, wearing, you know, fitted suits and, and the other guys were, more into the baggy jeans and the, and the uh, fitted caps uh, and, and, you know, but, uh, but yeah, so, but, but at the same time, I kind of, you know, knowing that kind of from, from a strategic standpoint, I knew it was important to kind of stand out. Um, and so for that reason, I played upon kind of what the perception of me would have been because with interestingly enough, I mean, I, I mean, I live in Manhattan now, but I grew up in Queens. Um, you know, I, I had this conversation with, with Kwame, who I'm now friends with, uh, Kwame you know, being, people know Kwame, Kwame on the, as, on the show, his, his as name is, it. Was, he's known as it. Yeah. And, you know, and he lives, he, he um, lives in Queens in, in, in public housing, NYCHA, uh, Ravenswood. And he said, he goes, you know, listen, George, you know, you came and visited me here. He goes, went to Queensbridge, which, I mean, yeah, you're probably not as familiar, you know, but if you know uh, New York, you know, these are, you know, public housing, NYCHA. And he mentioned that, you know, some other people who he knew from the show who kind of portrayed this kind of, street image, you know, when they came to, uh, you know, New York, they were actually afraid to go visit him because he, he lived in the project. So I just thought it was, it was, it was interesting. So, you know, on the show, I kind of went portrayed as this kind of, you know, pretentious guy who's kind of like, you know, uh, but, uh, but that, you know, you know, and again, there could be elements of that. I definitely like to take care of myself. Back then I was very much into being pampered and, and, uh, you know, I can enjoy the, better things in life. But I think that was just kind of really highlighted. And I, and I did mention once uh, even in a previous interview that, you know, sometimes the producers did things to really kind of, um, you know, keep that narrative going. For instance, there's one clip where, where I think Tiffany says, Oh, he's short and he has hair plugs. And meanwhile, I'm six foot tall, which, I mean, I'm not saying that's super tall, but that's uh, actually a pretty decent height. That's a good height. Yeah. Yeah. I think I'm probably taller than most of the guys on the show now, but it does work out that, uh, two of my, I guess, biggest adversaries who were Buddha and, and Punk, they're both probably like 6'2", six, 6'3", six, and, they, and they're also really big guys. Yeah, they're giant. So, um, but um, that final uh, scene in Jamaica where it was Buddha and I 
next to each other. They dug like a little hole for me to stand in um, just to really kind of differentiate that, that, that height. And that's you know, insane. To kind of, yeah. And um, yeah, so, and you know, then, these are things that I, I was watching, like even, um, I don't know, I, I recently, I'm sure a lot of us, you know, got into binge watching um, uh, the office during uh, the pandemic. I don't know if you, you know, but anyway, I was reading about how, um, what's his name, Steve Carell, Michael Scott, in the, in the first season of The Office, they wanted to kind of portray him as more like of a jerk and less likable. So they had him wear tighter shirts and they shot him from an angle with his hair pushed back that made it look like it was more thinning. But then in the second season, as they realized that really what appealed to viewers was that Michael, you know, Steve Carell's character could be more likable, that then they uh, switched to kind of styling his hair differently and, um, uh, you know, uh, having him wear looser fitting suits or whatever. So I Yeah, just so it's-, it's crazy. The producers, you know, can really manipulate a situation and change of perspective so drastically. And, and like we as the audience just have no idea. I want to go back to, so there was a shot where it was you and you said it was Buddha in Jamaica and they dug, they actually physically dug a hole in the ground for you to yeah, stand they dug, in. Yeah, like they dug a little hole, like the maybe for me, it was bad. The hole was like maybe two inches down and maybe for him, it was kind of two inches up. So then it made it look like, you know. A greater I, height I, difference. Yeah, and because because the narrative was, you know, or the juxtaposition was, okay, listen, he's the brawn on the brain, you know, that's kind of how they were trying to portray it. And like, I'm the underdog uh, and he's the, you know, the, the one that would be the uh, expected, you know, person who's, you know, a favorite, so to speak. So that kind of just kind of, uh, you know, personified that. But, but they also, you can also see how, how even when they chose kind of like dates and whatnot, for instance, they would, they would give him the opportunity, like, in other words, I, I, you could say they were kind of, rooting for me so to speak like they would give him the date where he goes in the water where and on a horse or something with her where apparently I guess she's afraid of horses and, and being in, in and doesn't know how to swim you know and then where they'll pick me to do something that's kind of a little more uh, consistent with you know, you know what Tiffany was interested in so and that's just the way you know and again this is like what I always point out is the show is no in, in no way is it fake or scripted it's just that the producers are kind of going to, they're almost like playing chess and they're going yeah. to they're going to nudge you in the direction that, 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 that gets the outcome. Yeah, they, they guide it a certain, a certain way. And it's manipulated, I would say. But most of the things that happen on these shows are how you see them. But they just, yeah, as you said, they kind of guide things a certain way. So we have to get into some of these questions because we have so many questions. Everybody was really excited to... Um, to hear from you. And so I just kind of grabbed some from um, the YouTube community page on uh, Talk of Love. Um, so these are some great questions. Uh, Anime B wants to know, um, to ask you if the Blood Oath episode was real or was there any bit of that that was staged? And uh, also it says, ask him if, oh yeah, and of all the gifts that he bought in New York, did you have to pay for that with your own money? Was that something that the producers kind of facilitated? So walk us through those two things. Yeah, so when, when it comes to the blood oath, uh, that was see, I'm not a I'm not a very superstitious person, so I I kind of just thought that was I mean, first of all, I was sincere in in, in whatever I said, but like I think afterwards they did something like with a haunted I don't know house or something, and, and all the other guys, I guess many of them genuinely were 
you know, it's just, um, uh, again, superstitious, like, you know, the prank, the entertainer. And, right. Uh, and, and they would be freaking out, thinking that there was ghosts and whatnot. And, and I just thought that, you know, I was just kind of thought it was hysterical because <laughs> me personally, I, I you know, and, and then not to, you know, I'm just, hey, listen, I'm afraid of a lot of things. And you probably saw some scenes where I, I showed my fear of uh, getting beat up, so to speak. But, um, but uh, <laughs> one thing I'm not really afraid of is, is ghosts and, and supernatural spirits. I'm with so you that's on why that. So that, that um, you know, came across that way. And, and yeah, and then the show was in terms of kind of uh, getting gifts and things like that. That was, that was uh, um, you know, that was part of it. It wasn't, you know, the, the producers didn't say, oh, here, 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 do this. This was kind of what I, you know, I made this decision thinking that this would be the kind of what would be the appropriate thing to do in, in, in you know, in terms of courting and competing or whatever, whatever it may be. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, and I, I feel like that was kind of similar to um, the show Megan Wants a Millionaire. I had Joe on last time and, and that he, that was legitimate on that show as well. So um, yeah, that, that totally makes sense. And I agree that is something that would happen in, in real life as well. Yeah, you know, you exactly. buy gifts for the, your, your, um, your date, that sort of thing. So yeah, I, okay, that's cool. So, okay, everybody wants to know about um, your friendship with It because that was definitely something that was very prominent on, on these shows. Uh, so Dina Stapp asks, I would like to know more about when he sent New York flowers and It took credit. Uh, so let's talk about that. And um, also, Dina wants to know how, how is your current friendship with It? And because uh, I know you guys worked on some projects after I Love New York and, and you guys were like that that odd couple or that unlikely pair of friends. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, well, yeah, so uh, I actually met him for the first time when I did go to that casting in New York that I mentioned to you. And he said that back then he saw me and he goes, I thought, he goes, I guess because I came all looking, you know, uh, I was kind of dressed up and didn't, wasn't like most of the other, uh, you know, candidates. He says, I don't know, I, I thought you were like a plant or something. Like, like he thought like... Uh, that I was something, someone like an actor or something that the, the producers had hired. You know? <laughs> He's um, like, this can't be real. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, and you know, and back then I was a little silly. I mean, like the way I did roll up, like I, you know, I, I, you know, I Tom had a really, really nice car. I pulled right in front of the, you know, I mean, I did a little couple of things to you know, play up and, and get attention from the, from, the, from the producers. Now I've learned to be, and I think we had this text back and forth um, since the, you know, um, I've learned to be more modest uh, just because I think that uh, you know, out of sensitivity to other people who, who may not uh, be as, as fortunate, I, I, I feel that it's, it's actually, you know, really distasteful to kind of, um, you know, it's good to be proud of, of your accomplishments, but, but to kind of flaunt, uh, you know, whether it's like wealth or trying to floss, whatever the word, that, that's something that kind of I've, evolved, uh, you know, in, over the years. And it's not something I really, you know, you, you'll, you'll see me doing as much. Well, know, that so. was, that's very mature of you and very adult of you. But I, I feel like it sort of works for these shows. I mean, on my season of, of Rock of Love, I was arrogant as fuck. And I, but I don't really consider myself to be a very arrogant person. I consider myself to be mm -hmm. confident. But I feel like on these shows that it's sort of like encouraged to take any bit of that part of you and just like put it on, on full volume for the sake of these shows. So I, I feel like it kind of worked just to kind of paint you as this character? Like, was, was any of that a conscious yeah, effort? Yeah, like, I mean, I went in, like, some of those things were strategic from the beginning. Like, I mean, I think you saw in one of the first episodes, I, I'm kind of driving uh, Midget Mac or someone, hey, let me get some more time, you know, and, and, and that, that was all part of, part of the strategy. Um, but, but in terms of uh, farming it, yeah, so he had, I had one of those, and 
when they arrived, uh, you know, again, this is the this is how the producers will kind of make events unfold in in, in ways that will create drama. So uh, while I was out, they 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 happen to be, you know get delivered. They obviously uh, you know um, chose chose a time when he was the only one in the you know like near the door because then it's more likely that he's you know going to kind of answer. And they, I guess they just kind of anticipated that that's how he would you know, kind of react in that situation. Or maybe they, who knows, maybe they coached him to do that. So, uh, yeah, so that was a little bit of a, uh, you know, awkwardness. But but after the show, we had kept in touch a little bit. Then on uh, I Love Money, that was really where, uh, you know, we developed the friendship. And, and, you know, again, we were kind of like an odd couple just because, you know, he's a little more crass and he likes to be, you know, he, I, I think he's hysterical. As I, I, I told people before, when, you know, he had me cracking up so much both when I Love New York and uh, I Love Money that I felt like, you know, he could be like the next Dave Chappelle. Uh, but, but a lot of his humor is sometimes a little more on the, on the vulgar side. And, and, um, so that's where kind of like we, we are a little different and, and, um, but, uh, but yeah, no, we, we've developed a great friendship. I've, I mean, listen, he's, uh, you know, I've met his mother, I met his grandmother. Oh, really? Um, yeah. Oh. And, and, and when, you know, I know like there's been times I've kind of went to him for advice, uh, and, and times he's called me for advice. And he's actually a, um, a, you know, pretty, uh, pretty, pretty, pretty good dude. I mean, the way he's portrayed, I mean, he does, I even see now he's doing some things to kind of, kind of play that up, but he's also someone who has kind of like, you know, some, some life experience. Uh, you know, I remember he was telling me about a trip that he took to, um, you know, Senegal or something like, you know, so I mean like, you know, a lot of times people are portrayed on television, you know, very one dimensional, whereas, you know, I'm the corporate, you know, uh, Wealthy guy, but, but but you wouldn't know that here I go to you know I'm I'm happy to hang out in in, in the hood and, and um you know and, and then him and maybe they're portraying him a certain way but you know he he has uh you know some some you know experiences you know and and uh, you know so yeah. I I love that you met Mama It and Grandma It that's so cute um, yeah. so you know what actually your friendship sort of reminds me of um so believe it or not but. Way back before Donald Trump was involved in politics, I got to admit, another one of my guilty pleasures, I loved watching The Apprentice and Celebrity yes. Apprentice. And so one of my favorite relationships from The Apprentice was um, Lil John and then the country star, John John Rich, I think was his name. And well, you know, it's, so ironic, it's just kind of funny that, that you say that because literally about an hour ago, my girlfriend and I were just, I sometimes I just searched for different things on YouTube and we were watching... The White, the White House Correspondents Dinner. I don't know if you remember the one where Obama kind of roasted Trump. Yes, and, I do. And, and he mentioned, and he says, and, and just because you mentioned Little John, and he says, you know, and he had to decide whether he's going to eliminate Little John or Gary Busey, and, and you know, these are the kind of decisions <laughs> that would keep me up at night. And, yeah. Um, I just think it's funny that, that, that so great. For, uh, I love yeah. it. I love it. <clears throat> okay. So, um. Da, da, da. Oh, okay. So, music lover nine five one zero zero wants to know. Uh, was asking about when your ex wife came onto the show, and um, your ex wife uh said that you probably were really there for love. You wouldn't have been there otherwise. Now, let me actually preface this because a lot of the uh the viewers of this podcast were asking about your relationship with New York on that show, and why did that end, and how much was real and how much wasn't. And I, and I just have to put this out there to the viewers because they're going to skewer me alive mm-hmm. if I don't. There are some questions that they wanted to know about having to do with New York that I'm, I'm specifically skipping because she does have a reunion show coming up, uh, which is really, really exciting. And uh, 
Other than that, I know I'm, I can't really say much more. Yeah, so don't blame uh, Lacey. I, I explicitly said, you know, let's just uh, skip over those questions. So she, you know, I, I see that you're just based on, you know, what you sent. You're very engaged with your listeners or viewers. And, and I think that's great that it's, first of all, I think it's great that there's such an interest after 13 years. Yeah, uh, I love that too. I think it's great that you're giving uh, them the opportunity to ask questions and interact with, uh, you know, the participants from the show. I think it's great. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you for that. I appreciate it. But I, I, I think that you could probably touch on um, your ex-wife coming on the show. Was that something that you knew was going to happen or were you surprised? What were your feelings about all that? Oh, um, yeah, no, well, I did. I, you know, we reached out to her and, 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 you know, I, I will be say that I do have, you know, uh, a good relationship with, you know, my exes. I'm not someone who kind of, uh, feels that, you know, you should be bitter towards people. And, and yeah. thankfully she came and, and vouched for me. And, That's and, awesome. Uh, and um, so that was, that was, I was really appreciated that. That's really cool. Yeah. Anybody that you had significant time with in your life, it's, it, you know, even if things uh, don't work out, it's always good to be able to have some kind of like, you know, positive or, or at least neutral. Exactly. And then even, and even like, I try not to hold grudges in general. Like, I mean, like even, you know, some of the other guys who was on the show with, you know, Buddha, I mean, I don't speak to him, but, but I mean, but, you know, I did see him again on, on I Love Money and, and I wasn't, you know, kind of got angry at him, you know, like, I mean, listen, I mean, it, you know, I guess in a, in the moment, you yeah. know, he got upset and he attacked me, but it's not something that, you know, I'm going to, uh, you know, hold against him. And, and, uh, I really think that, and that's what I was one thing I was just talking about that I really think about Joe Biden is, you know, comparing him to, to Donald Trump is, you know, Trump, when he, you know, was elected, he went out of his way to kind of, you know, get revenge against anyone who didn't support him. So like Mitt Romney, you know, he did the whole thing where he, he invited him to dinner and, and made it seem like he was going to pick him to be his secretary of state just to kind of embarrass him. But then, but then what I love is, is where is Joe Biden, he actually, him and Kamala Harris, um, you know, she's actually, uh, friends with um, with his uh, late son, uh, but um, uh, but but because um, they were both uh, attorney generals, but but um, but but then you know obviously during the debate she kind of went pretty hard at him about that that busing issue, and uh, you know you would think you know oh well is that going to be uh, is he going to hold a grudge? No, he picked her to be his VP, and I think they're they're a great team. So um, I think that kind of shows a lot about him, and, and I do think that. Um, hopefully we can, you know, have more bipartisanship, uh, you know, going forward and, and less divisiveness, whereas, you know, uh, and I think both VP uh, Harris and, Pre and President-elect uh, uh, Biden will be, be, be great at doing that. Yeah, I, so, okay, so since you're talking politics, and don't worry, everybody, we're just going to be on this for a second. Uh, I do want to touch on this because the reason, there is a specific reason that you keep bringing this up. And I think it was at the end of I Love Money, uh, you were were talking about that you were going to get into politics and city oh, yeah. council and stuff like that. And in fact, uh, let's see, this name I, I'm not going to be able to pronounce, but uh, Kazam Q asks, on, I Love, on the I Love Money 2 reunion, you and it announced that you were going to run for city council. Um, so did, uh, was that something that just yeah, you that did? Was, did that was involved? real. And, and, and actually, so, so um, what, what happened is, so again, me and, me and Kwame, we developed kind of a, a friendship that was, you know, uh, because, you know, a lot of people wouldn't expect, you know, the two of us to kind of, uh, you know, want to be in the, you know, uh, good friends. And, and uh, so after the show, uh, you know, he was like, hey, let's like, you know, do, do kind of a, like a web series or something. So we, we did something called 
uh, like a modern day odd couple. And, you know, the first yeah. episode is I'm going to visit him in, in the hood. It's supposed to be on the fish out of water, you know, and then in the, the second episode, uh, you know, maybe he comes and visits me back back then. I was living on the upper side. He'll, he'll come visit me. And then he's going to be the, you know, I take him to a spa or something. And then now, now he's the, the fish out of water. And, uh, you know, the, the, we, we shot those two, you know, episodes, which, which is what you would call the back then. Right? It was like 2009. And it, it was, the, you know, YouTube was in its infancy. infancy. Uh-huh. Um, and then, um, you know, we spoke to 51 Minds and, and they said, oh, listen, this is actually a pretty, you know, interesting concept. But like, you know, it'll get a little old. It's like, what, what is the reason that you guys are hanging out together and doing things together? other than just to kind of do a show. And um, that was, you know, 2009. So it was after, you know, uh, uh, Barack Obama's historic election. And, and I really thought that it was an opportunity because, I, and I still feel that local politics is really how you can make the biggest impact in your life. So, uh, so anyway, so, so I thought the sh- it would be interesting to kind of have a show where, where you know, I'm, I'm Kwame's campaign manager. He's running for city council. You know, again, <laughs> that would have been that awesome. <laughs> that awkward, you know, uh, thing where I'm kind of like telling him, hey, come on. And um, so, you know, we, we did it. We actually, you know, we, we, uh, we, we put together a team and um, we, we went canvassing for signatures. And, and uh, you know, I was... That's awesome. He, was, he, he didn't put in a lot of work on that. And I, I kind of still to this day because he, he tells me a lot. of like, oh, man, I wish we would have worked with her. Um, but a lot of that process, you know, includes, you know, being very grassroots, going door to door, getting signatures. And, you know, we did, uh, you know, and, and there's also a lot of uh, politics involved. So we, we had the, the right number of signatures, but with one of the other candidates, um, you know, saw that we could be uh, potentially uh, a threat. So she uh, took us to court. Oh, and, my God. Um, seriously? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, so she was able to, and, you know, but I mean, this is part of, I mean, now I'm very kind of familiar now with, with this process, having done it subsequently uh, in, in, for other, other races and candidates. But so it's, it's a whole process where you, you throw out people's signature, you know, a candidate's signature saying this person signed on the line where it says they should have printed their name and printed where it says they should have signed. Or, you know, maybe this person's on in, in the district where this person's signature doesn't match what their voter registration card is. Anyway, so by doing all that, uh, she was able to get uh, Kwame uh, disqualified. Oh, um, boo. And, uh, but she actually did not win after all. The other candidate, um, <laughs> there, there was four, four candidates in the race, and um, she actually, the person who got Kwame thrown off, actually, I guess it was Kwame, uh, wound up uh, wound up losing the race anyway. Man, that's like a whole reality show in of itself. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that's so crazy. So let me ask you. Let's get into the reunion show because mm-hmm. that was kind. Of, that was pretty nuts as well. Yeah, yeah. So, um, so uh, Asia Green wants to know about the impetus name, fight. By the way, because my daughter's name is Asia, so that's. Oh uh, really? Oh my yeah. gosh, that's such a beautiful name. I love that. So Asia Green wants to know about the infamous fight with uh, Mr. Wise. Yeah, that was so crazy. Um, yeah. Can you can you talk about that a little bit? Why yeah, sure. Know? I mean, like, listen, he was. I mean, well, the, the, the initial kind of uh, incident, you know, he was in my in his space, you know, speaking in my space, speaking like very loud. He was actually kind of spitting on me subtly, whatever. And he was, you know, say it, don't spray it, type of thing. <laughs> yeah, and, exactly. Uh, you know, after a while, like, I just kind of got upset, and, and, and you know, I retaliated with a you know intentional. Uh, which again, I, I do regret uh, to this day. But the producers used a little CGI to make it look like this. You know, if you look at it, it looked like some wow. Um, <laughs> and you know, and he was uh, he was very kind of concerned about his his kind of street credibility or his street image. Um, and again, I don't know his. You know, I mean, I'm not uh, 
I'm not kind of gonna. Uh, I'm not saying any, you know, I'm not in no way disrespecting or or saying that he doesn't, you know, have whatever, yeah. whatever uh, he, he says he did. But anyway, I guess he felt very kind of uh, humiliated for whatever, you know, for, for understandably. And, and again, I do regret it and I did apologize. Yeah, but it's and, hard when somebody's like right in your face. I mean, it's, it's yeah, yeah. I mean, here's the thing. It's the same thing with the situation with Buddha. When people get their face right in your face, they're doing that because they're, they're trying to provoke a reaction, you know? Yes. And, and I got to say, I was even guilty of doing like the in-your-face thing. Like when my my infamous rivalry with um, with Dallas, with Charm School, it's like the whole thing is, you know, I was coming from a little bit more strategic point uh, standpoint than Buddha and um, and Mr. Wise, who I think were coming more from like an, emotional, emotional, an ego. Yeah. And yeah, emotional and ego perspective. But I mean, that is when, you know, because the thing is, when people are doing that, they are expecting a reaction, you know, and, and they know that they can't just punch you because they'll get arrested or they'll get kicked off the exactly. show or whatever. So that's kind of like the most they can do. And so of course they're like, there is going to be a reaction. So it's not like, Oh my God, I put my face in their face and shocking. They reacted, you know, yeah. I mean, that is what that is. So I, I don't, I think that you're being like a little hard on yourself from that perspective. I get it. Yeah. I get, no, I mean, like in the moment, and, you know, again, we all do things that we regret and, and I do regret and I do apologize. But, but it's interesting, so then on the reunion, I guess he really felt, I mean, on the reunion, well, first of all, it's ironic, is first, we, we, you know, uh, Lala says, hey, listen, Mr. Wise, you know, that really shows you're a man, you know, that you, you know, uh, exercise such restraint. And then I tell him, yeah, I apologize. And, 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 you know, listen, that really did show a lot about your character that you were able to do that. And then literally a couple of seconds later, he comes running out of the audience and kind of jumps to kind of like, hit me and I kind of just ducked and got floor me and then the security kind of grabbed me. Um, and, uh, and yeah, then, and the producers did ask me if I wanted to press charges. I, I, I said, you know, no, I, 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 I um, but, but I, but yeah, so I, I have no hard feelings towards him again. Once again, I'm, I don't want to watch this towards people. I'm sure he's matured a lot in 13 years as I have, and I'm sure he's doing great things, uh, you know, and, and, uh, you know, I'm sure maybe that's one thing that he, he probably, the same way I look back and I regret it, he probably looks back and regrets it too. Well, that's, that's very, it's very nice and compassionate perspective that you're coming from, which I can absolutely appreciate. Um, so here's another good question from uh, Amiri asks, uh, how did the entire process work for you with the other four guys being chose as Sister Patterson's mama's boys? Um, did she actually handpick all of you guys, or was it just like um, spun that way? I, 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 I mean, forgot we, about that actually. The only way we found out was, you know, they said, hey, listen, uh, great news, you know, uh, you've been picked, you know, to be one of the, you know, mom's boys, so to speak. And then uh, that was, we all had that room given to us. Again, I don't know what happened, whether this was something coordinated where the producer said, hey, look, these are, you know, or they kind of just chose who it was. I and mean, it was interesting. They chose, they chose uh, David Conco, uh, who he was, uh, you know, uh, a lawyer and and and, and, a, and, a, and a Harvard grad. Uh, they chose um, pretty who I think he was also. I think he got time. He was a law student. Yeah. Um, from Louisiana. Uh, then they had uh, there was one gentleman who I think was a um, a retired NFL or maybe he played like a year in the NFL or something. Um, I'm not sure who the other one was. Uh, but and then one of them there was a joke uh, real that he was kind of. Sister Patterson was interested in one of them. I don't know if that was, I don't know, I remember Union, that was the first thing they really talked about. So, so yeah, I don't know when that was, that decision was made, but it was, it was interesting. It, it added a spin to the show. And, and I think, um, I think they did have a much more diverse uh, cast uh, for the second season than the first season. Both, yeah. 
not so. just ethnically, but but also in terms of uh, you know uh, you know background, careers, things like that. It was, it was it was much more more diverse. Yeah, yeah, I agree with you. And so after I Love Money was was done filming, how soon after that did they ask you to do? Or sorry, after I Love New York. Sorry, I misspoke. Uh, shortly after I Love New York was done filming, how soon did you know about I Love Money? Did they invite you to do I Love Money right away? How did that well, happen? Well, I was on the second season of I Love Money, so the, the, the first one was pretty was filmed pretty shortly thereafter, uh, um, but maybe about six months after. Uh, but, but, but for me, uh, the second season, uh, that was November of, I remember it distinctly because it was November of 2008, and, and it was really a tough time, you know, the economy, I mean, that was... The housing crash had just happened. Yeah, yeah, I mean, that was really... And um, and that's why when you, when, when you look at it from a historical context, if you listen to, uh, you know, like, um, what's his name, Craig Jackson, who was hosting it, like, he was weaving in things, talking about, like, the housing crash and, and the financial crisis, um, which, yeah, I mean, in some ways, it also was kind of the title of the show back then. It was almost like, if you say, hey, hey I was on the show called I Love Money, uh, right when... <laughs> During yeah. the, you know, the crash and the recession, it really was kind of you know things things changed so much you know uh, since then because I mean even if you look at music like songs like you know the glamorous life and and, and there was a lot of songs more about bling and 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 there's definitely a correlation on every variance music but between what's happening you know socioeconomically and politically and music at the time so yeah. I think the late two thousands going up to that was all about like the bling and the flossing. And then for a while, things come down. Now things were kind of going back in that direction with the name dropping and everything. And I mean, now we have a pandemic, so, so I don't know. I, what, what, I got to interject for a second. I got to say one thing that was really funny. I, I really, I, I liked that the show was called I Love Money from like the fan perspective. But when I got uh, asked to do I Love Money, I really hated saying, hey, I'm on a show called I Love Money. And yeah, what's, yeah. what's really funny about that is... Um, so because of this podcast, I've been texting lots of you guys uh, on my phone and, you know, talking to you guys via text about these shows. And so I must have been typing like, I love money recently a lot into my like text. And so the other day, my husband texts me and we were ta- having a text conversation back and forth. And he was like, all right, well, I'll see you later tonight. And he goes, I love you. And so I was trying to type, I love you too, back in my text. And yeah, it, it, yeah it does like the predictive text. And so I put, I love, and then my predictive te- text goes, money. I'm like, Jesus, even like my predictive text thinks I'm like a money grubbing whore. Like, no, I love my husband, not money. Yeah. So, um, so speaking of loving money, did you have a specific idea in mind, in mind, had you won, I love money, what you wanted to do with the money? Yeah, I mean, not really. I mean, like, there wasn't, I mean, like, listen, hey, it would be a nice thing, but it wasn't going to be like, a, you know, a, a game changer or anything. You know, but, hey, listen, it was, I'll, I would have taken it in, in, in a second, and I think it would have been great, but I didn't have anything specific in, in, in mind. Um, but I, I did compete as hard as, as I could because I have a, I'm, I'm, first of all, I'm someone who's competitive by nature, and, and I, I consider myself someone who has a hard work ethic. Yeah. Um, but in terms of the, the five, I mean, this is again how producers can kind of, play things both ways where, you know, there, there were certain challenges where, um, you know, I can say that, you know, again, it's all, it's not scripted, it's real, but they did things that kind of made the challenge more, uh, you know, in my favor, but in the final, so basically the final uh, competition was Kwame 
But you know, it, me, and 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 Angela, her, her name was uh, on the show is Miami. Um, Miami. So basically, first we had to do these. I don't know, like I don't know, throw a coconut in the thing, go for run somewhere, go on a float, whatever, and um, then went run down the beach. And you know, I would. I mean, as a, just as a male, I'm not super athletic, but but you know, it would just be common sense that I'm most likely going to be ahead of her at that point. Right. So then, then we got to these three bricks of ice. And it, you know, that and was great. You now this final competition, this this final challenge is accumulation of other challenges that we've had throughout the show. So in that, so she was actually good at melting the ice, or in an earlier episode, basically using her, her, her body, uh, you know, uh, her. So um, and I actually didn't when I was in that challenge. I was just kind of like bringing water to you know. To, so I get there and there's three blocks of ice and I guess they probably think, hey, human nature is you're going to go to the first block and you're just going to start trying to melt the ice. <laughs> That's so such a funny challenge. Um, but then she arrived like maybe about like five or 10 minutes after me. But her, her, the coin that in her block of ice was like much closer to the top where the coin in my block of ice was at the bottom. So mm. um, she won and was going to have an advantage regardless on that but secondly um but this is where i'll say it's, it's, it's still completely fair because if i was thinking strategically enough when i arrived i would have said wait a second they're probably going to make the first one where it's going to you know like let, let me think look at it from their point of view and i didn't i just instinctively went to the first one so um and, and again she won fair and square uh, but if i had been strategic enough i would have kind of probably had the foresight to realize that, but I was very happy for her. I mean, she had she had gone through a lot of. I don't know if she's been on the show. Or she has, yeah. She, she's been. She had been through a lot of adversity. Yeah. I mean, I even know back then she had said within six months she had lost. And this is from what I remember. She had lost her. I think her her mom, her, her mom. grandmother, and her. I don't know. Yeah. You may, may know. So I I was uh, happy for her, and uh, I think she's done some great things with it as, as far as I know. Yeah. And I, I think I mean. She probably, you know, I mean, listen, I would have loved to get, I mean, if I could, you know, listen, one of the I'll be, be advocated, but, but I think it, it probably couldn't have went to a better person uh, in Aww. terms of, you know, uh, you know, she wasn't, you know, a sincere person, but second of all, she also, uh, you know, it, 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 I'm sure hopefully it made a really great impact on her life. Oh, well, that's nice. Yeah, I, I think, I think that you're right. And I agree with you. She's been through some really difficult emotional challenges and, um, and that, that's really sweet of you to say, because. I agree with you. I think she deserves the money too. Um, so, okay. There are some really good questions in here. So Jose Senia wants to know, uh, first of all, Jose says that you, that he's a really big fan of yours and he wants to know, was, was this a character that, that you consciously create? You, you kind of answered that a little bit, but I really want to get more into that because um, I feel like this is kind of who you are, but you kind of played into that. And also Jose says that uh, it was really fun to watch you scheme and somehow always turn the tide in your favor. Uh, Jose says that he loves um, how you played I Love Money, that you were like, a lot of people were saying that. The way you played I Love Money was, was phenomenal. It was very strategic. And he goes on to say that you played in your flawless game and only ended up in the box by default. Um, so, yeah, I mean, you, yeah, you no, were really strategic a, with that. I, I mean, I definitely led, uh, read uh, you know, a lot of books on... Um, influence and, and, and psychology and, and, and strategy, and uh, you know, definitely employed a lot of those. Oh, uh, that's interesting. On, on both, show, both shows, and you know, there was 
it's, it's interesting because even when I think about politics and, and uh, not to always keep bringing it back to it, but I, but I think of two people, uh, obviously Donald Trump and then, then in the world of, of music, Takashi 69 and, 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 and the thing is, you know, he, Takashi and, and Trump, they're both great at kind of, um, you know, making themselves the center of attention. They're good at kind of like, uh, you know, spinning the narrative, you know, whether they, whether they win or lose, they're going to make it look like, but, you know, but as I've matured, like I've realized, you know, there's a lot of things that you can do strategically um, to win, whether it's in business or whatever, but do you really want to do that? And, and I think that that's really what, what, what it's come down to is that, I mean, I'm not, not saying I did things ever so bad on those shows, but, but we're going back now just because I've kind of matured. There, there are some things that I kind of wouldn't do because I think winning isn't always that important. You know, I think so. Really? Yeah. Yeah. I, well, I don't know. You know, I just, it's not that only sound cheesy. I just feel like sometimes I don't want to sound like, I'm mean, like, now I sound like, a, like, you know, but, but like, for instance, I was just thinking that, in, 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 you know, so we have the Georgia runoff coming and, um, you know, you know, Republicans have been, you know, notorious for, for running, you know, Facebook ads that they kind of, make it look like they're, you know, uh, DLM or, or, you know, some, some, you know, to kind of push a certain agenda. And I was just thinking, well, strategically would be really smart is to run ads in Georgia saying, you know, because so many of the Republican voters say, oh, it was a fraud, you know, saying boycott the, boycott the, the, the election. I saw that on Twitter. It's not going anyway, you know. And, and, I saw and, that was a hashtag on Twitter, yeah. Yeah, and, and, and they, they found that in, in, if, if there's, a, there's a great interview with, uh, actually, a really great interview if you ever have a chance to watch it, Hillary Clinton being interviewed by Howard Stern. And she, it, it's, I don't know if you've seen it, but it's one of her most I, I have, actually. That's a great interview. Yeah, and I love Howard so Stern. So. How they said that a lot of voters made their decision in the last a week of the um, before the election, and a lot of that was based on Facebook ads that said things like that were really false, like um, you know uh, the, the Pope Francis endorsed Trump, or the, you know this that. So you know, unfortunately, lies can, can be affected, but I, but I, I just don't think it's well. That's what I was going to say. So I got to interject here for a second because so I've talked about this on the pod- podcast before. I personally am a really big fan of um, Survivor, and one of like the moral dilemmas that is constantly coming up is do you play these games with integrity or do you lie, cheat, and steal and do whatever it takes to um, to win? Now, the the thing is, as far as if I was on Survivor and definitely the way I was on Rock of Love and Charm School, my philosophy is lie, cheat, and steal until you win. However, that is, I, I, I take that philosophy and confine it to That's specifically good. these reality TV shows because I wouldn't, I wouldn't operate that way in real life and I wouldn't operate that way politically, what you're talking about. If I was running a campaign, I, I think it's, I think honesty and, and integrity is incredibly important when it comes to politics, things of that nature. So I don't think it's a really fair assessment to compare the two. And I respect the fact that you're saying like, no, I prefer to play with integrity and that kind of thing. But I feel like in these games, you're not really harming anybody. This is specifically for entertainment. And also there can only be one winner on these shows. And if you're, if you're competing to win, then win how you win like like play t- how you win like whatever it takes to win and with short of like physically harming somebody you know you know and now it's not like i'm talking about both you know sides of my mouth. but but um I mean, with, with i love new york one thing that really perplexed me was that a lot of the the guys on the show they literally looked at it like it was a vacation like they just kind of wanted to hang around 
talk to each other, play golf. You know, of course, when you're on, you know, you're sequestered. They, they, I mean, I don't know how it is nowadays, but, you know, you couldn't really, you couldn't have your cell phone, you couldn't have a computer. Uh, there's no television. Uh, basically, just giving you access to unlimited alcohol because they want interactions. Uh, they want to speed things up because, other, you know, and, and a lot of these guys, we're still looking at it like it's a vacation. Let's just hang out. And, and, and I'm constantly thinking, well, like, like, what can I do to kind of, you know, advance and, um, and, and a lot of them were still very hung up on this, um, this code of, of, it's like a fraternal code of, of you know, guys, you know, sticking up for guys, which kind of is a whole, is completely contrary to the point of the show. Which right. is, you know, so that, that was, that was, that was interesting because I think that was a big thing. Like, well, why Buddha was angered that I mean, he just felt like this is not, Guys don't do this. Guys stick up for guys now. And but it's a TV my, show. That's a, yeah. People get way too caught yeah. up in like comparing it to the real life thing. I actually experienced that with some of the girls on um, on Rock of Love. I feel like they got very clicky, and yeah. and I'm like, what are you girls doing? It and I was definitely the enemy because I wasn't trying to be a part of their pack. You know, I was I was trying to win the show and you know wins Brett Brett's heart for whatever that means. But really, I was like, I want this to be entertaining and, um, and I want to win, you know? And yeah. I really don't think when it comes to a, a competition-style TV show, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. And, and so I get why you were kind of the odd man out, but I also get why you played it the way that you played it both on both shows that you're on. No, I, I appreciate it. Well, I think you can relate, you know, being, you know having um, you know, been considered the villain, so to speak. I mean, I, I think one thing that happened kind of that changed you know, with my kind of the way the producers, you know, I guess, uh, framed, you know, my, you know, I think initially for the first few episodes, I was the villain, but then they had to keep, if I was going to win, because they can't let the villain necessarily win. I don't know, maybe they could, I don't know. So, but, but, but I think then, then they started kind of kind of turning around and being like, and, you know, again, this is all factual. I'm just saying like the way there is, oh, well, he's the one who's there, you know, for her, whereas they'll say like, you know, Abuda was, was, was an actor or I don't know, whatever problems he had. Uh, but, uh, uh, so that was interesting. And, and, uh, but one thing after that first, after that big incident that blew up with, with, with Wise, I, I really did kind of reel things back. And there was times where the story producers kept saying, hey, listen, why don't you do it? And I said, nope, nope. I'm like, and, and, because they were like, no, don't worry, you've already done your, you know, penance, so to speak. And, and, and you've, you know, now you can start being, kind of shady again and and I think I was just so um kind of uh like I don't know I just decided and I'm thankful I and mean, I still won but but I, but I didn't want to there was some more opportunities I don't know what it was a couple episodes down where they said well why don't you like do this and, and I and I just was like no you know but um Weren't but I, was, I, I really like because it was a lot more you know it was very much more strategic because of this whole element I think it's actually more complicated than Survivor because you had this whole element which I'm trying to remember with the box and yeah, like it was, there was a lot more strategy. Uh, so they thought they whoever created the concept, they did a great job. So what do you got going on now with your life? Now that these shows are over, I, I know that you yeah, just did something. Good. Good. I mean, I'm like, I mean, I'm, I'm uh, you know, my, um, I've been with my girlfriend. We've been in a relationship for five years now. And, oh, congratulations. Uh, you know, things, things are good. Thank you. So things have been going, going well. And, um, you know, this pandemic, we haven't, you know, I haven't been going out as, as much as uh, just trying to stay safe, but just looking forward to, um, you know, being able to go to restaurants again and, and travel again. And, uh, you know, we have a whole bucket list of things that we were waiting to do. And, and my daughter's doing amazing. I'm really proud of her. That's awesome. You know, How old is she now? Her career. 
career and and um yeah, and actually she might be coming down this, this weekend business so yeah, oh, how old is your daughter what was that oh yeah. she's uh, she's 24 yeah okay. so she's totally, totally established in her life and, and nice. she's doing great i'm really proud of her what she's achieved um and so yeah so i'm i'm what am i don't even know it was born in 74 i'm trying to think i i think i'm 45 i think i'll be 46 um in this december oh so you look fantastic yeah, so I started young, and, and um, but now I'm, I'm, you know, I think it was a, a kind of good thing. My daughter was born five days before I turned 21, and um, you know, I'm very happy with uh, you know that's I mean, best thing you know in my life. And uh, yeah, I'm very grateful for the, everything that's happening right now. I just want to be you know again, stay safe and hope we can get through this. But um, I, I think the future is looking good. I want to have Biden presidency and. Uh, get this pandemic under control, start, you know, opening businesses back. I'm a big advocate of, of, of helping small businesses. You know, my father and my grandfather were both uh, small business owners. So um, definitely uh, can understand the struggles uh, that a lot of, of these restaurants and, are, are going through. But, but, you know, again, we have to do the right thing. And, and now where you're based in California, right? Uh, I was based in California, but I'm actually in Las Vegas, Nevada now. Oh, Vegas. Okay. Oh, yeah. So in Vegas, obviously, get very hard. Obviously, tourism is a, a big part of your... your yeah. Your time. It's been crazy uh, here. Yeah, I mean, I, I live in Manhattan and, and I mean, a lot of people didn't, you know, supposedly, you know, they keep the media makes it seem like everybody's leaving, uh, you know, but but things are, I you know, I think we're just, once things open up, it'll be fine. Uh, but uh, I'm, I'm here to stay. I, I love New York, uh, you know, the city. And, um, <laughs> no pun intended. Yeah, the city, you know, literally. Uh, and I have no, you know, plans to, to leave anytime soon. Good deal. Okay. So you're not really very active on social media, but if somebody wanted to find you or follow you online, how could they do that? Yeah, I mean, you can find me on Instagram. I think my handle is gweisskerber1600. So that's my first, my, first, my name is George Weisskerber, it's my real name. So gweisskerber and 1600 from, I don't know why, but I 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue. I was about to say. <laughs> yes, yeah, way back then I picked that number. Um, you know, so I have always been like a, a real political buff and, and I, I don't know, I guess picked 1600 for that reason. But yeah, gweisskerber1600. Um, on Instagram, and you know, you could just Google me and find my other social media. But yeah, no, I've been I've been posting a little more on on um, social media just recently. I don't know if you saw, I did two little raps about the election. Um, what did I say? Uh, you know, I don't care what you say about Joe B, but Trump can't get a vote out of me. No MAGA shirt, no MAGA tee. I'm a bleeding heart lefty. Wait until November three. Kamala makes history. First female VP. With the Biden Harris victory, and I did that one. Uh-huh. one I did three albums of that talk. Uh, uh, I um, like it. <laughs> I, I took the, the melody from um, what's that from um, uh, the Candy Shop? Uh, no, not Candy Shop. Um, uh, Fifty Cent uh, P.I.M.P. And then I just did another one. Another <laughs> that was one Fifty Cent. Rapping, the other one was, <laughs> I like it. Um, we got the presidency back. Uh, Michigan went blue, and I'll be goddamn if Georgia ain't too. Um, God, I can't remember. But anyway, if you want to see those, if you have nothing like better it. to do, I, I know the kids are on, you know, TikTok, and and, and my my daughter, and my girlfriend are always sending stuff about TikTok. And um, <laughs> but I, I still, I, it's a little addicting. I just finally recently got to TikTok, and I'll tell you, just keep scrolling up and one after the next. Um, but maybe one of these days I'll do like a dance or something because I really don't have any rhythm. But I, I think it's fun. <laughs> awesome. Well, Taylor made you're awesome. Thank you so much for coming onto the podcast. I really appreciate it. And I'm going to put all your information in the description below this video on YouTube so people can come find you. But, but as I said, thank you so much for coming on. That's been, it's been a real joy talking to you. Pleasure speaking to you. Thanks a lot. Cheers. No problem. Take care. Bye-bye. 
That was so amazing. I just got to say, I really appreciate TaylorMade for coming onto this podcast. He is such a trip. I love that guy so much. He's one of these people. In fact, I actually spoke to him on the phone about two or three weeks ago before this interview. He's one of those guys that if you say like, hey man, how are you? He will get into this conversation. 25 minutes later, he still hasn't answered, how are you? But now we're talking about World War II. <laughs> like, how did that happen? I just want to know how you are. But uh, no, T- Taylor made's a great guy. And I'm, I'm really appreciative that he came onto the podcast. So uh, I apologize to you guys. I know we didn't get into a lot of the discussion having to do with New York, but he did specifically ask me if we could skip that for right now because he, he was involved somehow with the I Love New York reunion, I do believe. And unfortunately, I can't give a lot of more details about that, but we'll have him back. Once, once all of that is said and done, we'll bring him back on to talk more specifically, more details about New York. So anyway, uh, I want to take a moment before I let you guys go to give a shout out to the contributors of the Talk of Love podcast. The contributors are truly the ones who are making this podcast happen. Specifically, I want to give a shout out to my number one contributor, my girl, Zena. Uh, thank you so much, Zena, for all you've done for this podcast. And one organization that is really important to Zena that, that she's very passionate about, which is a great, great organization, uh, is the Wounded Warrior Project. So definitely please go check out www.woundedwarriorproject.org. They are a great nonprofit who help veterans specifically. They have a lot of great resources for veterans. So please go check that out. And if you haven't done so already, please hit the subscribe button and the thumbs up on this YouTube video. And uh, also, if you want to know more about the guests who are coming up next week, if you go to the YouTube Talk of Love channel and you click on the uh, the, the community tab, uh, there will be a whole discussion about guests who are coming up, questions for guests, all kinds of good stuff. So make, make sure to go check that out. You can also find me on Instagram by searching at Lacey Skulls Official. And uh, yeah, you guys take care of yourselves. I'll see you next Monday and be safe and don't threaten me with a good time. Bye, guys.